Welcome to Karen the Load Podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today, and we appreciate and acknowledge that your time is precious, and we hope that you might glean something from this episode. Therefore, what? Annette and Mark, and we are excited to have you joining us here today. It's been some time since we actually have sat down together to do a podcast. We've had a number of great uh, visitors that uh, we've had a chance to interview, and and uh, I, I have really grown from a lot of those visitors that we've had during this past, what would you say, six months or so. We've We've heard people talk about uh, struggles that they've had. We've heard people talk about triumphs that they've had in their lives. We've heard a lot of uh, different different perspectives on life. We have, and I, like you, Mark, have, have learned a lot. In my life, when we do these um, podcasts, I know I've benefited probably more than any of you listeners, and I hope that you've gained something out of it because we recognize that your time is valuable and we aren't doing this just for fun. We're doing this because we feel like we can make a difference. What you said in that I think is really important. When you do some studying, when you put together some ideas uh, to share with somebody else, typically it is the person that does that studying that uh, gains. And we would hope that what we're doing here with Karen the Load is really creating a catalyst for you to be able to do the same things as well. All we're simply doing here is creating a first step. And we're hoping and we're really expecting that each of you are taking that idea, that concept, that discussion that we've had with others to the level that's really going to benefit you. Exactly. One of the things in in our studying, in our podcasts, in the messages that we've received from you, we want to apply, apply those things that we're learning from, from our guests, from the comments that we're, we're making and those things that we're hearing from you and trying to, to become better and offer something that, that you um, have requested and something that will benefit you. You know, one of the things that keep us going, one of the things that I've really been grateful for is the feedback that we've gotten from many of you as well. Some of you have shared your thoughts and feelings after listening to a podcast or after maybe simply you've just uh, seen one of our posts that has a picture and maybe a simple, simple message. Sometimes it's those simple messages that really give us that ability to think beyond where we're at right now and put together ideas as to how we can become better. So it resonates. So often the simplest posts are most effective. And I, and I believe that as we think about those simple things, often, at least I, I do, Annette, in my life, I try to reinvent the wheel too many times recognizing that there are so many that have gone before who have been able to put together strategies, ideas, concepts that will help me to deal with the struggle that I might be having at any given time. Because life 
really, you know, there are struggles. Yeah, this 2020 has been unique. Unique for each of us, I believe. We This is nothing like we've experienced before. We gain another hour next week, don't we? And I, and I heard someone say this week that uh, that's the last thing that they want in 2020 is another hour. <laughs> and, and um, you know, that, that's a good point. Today I was, I was uh, participating in, in a church class, a group of women, and, and we were talking about the things that we have learned in 2020 and, and maybe even some of the joys that we could find in 2020. And one lady um, expressed her feelings this way where she said something about, you know, trials, no. Opportunities, yes. And that has affected me in that it's so much of my mindset. You know, I could look at these experiences these past six six months um, and, and think, oh, it has been one trial after another. But yet if I change that mind mindset, if I have a little shift in how I look at it, I can look at it like this this lady um, that shared her experiences and saying it's an opportunity. Mindsets are important. And I think that uh, attitude plays a huge, huge part. You said something interesting a minute ago, Annette, that I, I think is worth uh, exploring maybe just a little bit. And that is, is what have we learned in 2020? I, I believe that it may be some years before we recognize what we've actually learned in 2020. We, we have epiphanies. We have different thoughts. Maybe, maybe our, our tactics, maybe our, the things that we do have changed a little bit. But I still believe that it really comes back down to attitude. And when you were talking a second ago, it reminded me of a uh, Charles Swindoll quote. Uh, Charles Swindoll is a... Uh, is a uh, is a minister and and he said something that I heard one time and it's I, I keep on going back to it when I think about attitudes and why attitudes are so so especially important today but he said that the longer I live the more I realize the impact of attitude on life he said that attitude to me is more important than facts it's more important than the past more important than education than money than circumstances than failures and successes than what other people think or say or do. And then he goes on to say, he said, it's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It'll make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing, he said, is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change the past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in certain ways. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string that we have, and that is our attitude. And and then culminating in that message that he gave, I, I really love what he ends with. He said, I'm convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We're in charge of our attitudes. Isn't that a great quote? It is a great quote, and I believe it. We are in charge of our attitudes. It doesn't mean it's easy to have that shift and and change of our attitude, but it's possible. Habits are difficult. And sometimes habits uh, might seem awkward. They might seem 
difficult to to make that change. But the interesting thing about habits is that once we begin to make that change in our life, all of a sudden we see other avenues and other doors open up to us as well. They do. I, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about my attitude lately, and it's interesting that that you shared that quote with with us um, and how those things that I can do personally in my life to change my attitude. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, something that uh, may be a little bit mechanical. It, the same thing is true with happiness as well, I believe. You don't find happiness. You work for it. You make happiness. And it comes down to one thing, and it really comes down to our desire to change, having the faith that as we make these changes in our lives, that the changes will create the ability for us to get outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've found personally during this last six or so months that, you know, happiness doesn't depend on what happens outside of us, but it happens, but it depends on what happens inside of us. And it's measured by really our, our own personal spirits that we have that uh, we're able to meet the problems that we come up with. So let's talk about that for a minute. You talk about our own personal spirits inside and how we can meet those, those challenges, those opportunities that um, come our way. And for me, I believe we each need to, to figure out some tools, some resources that we have within us to be able to change that attitude. Now, chocolate's a good thing. And I enjoy a good chocolate and good candy bar every once in a while. And I really enjoy my popcorn. But that's not going to change my attitude on a long-term, you know, thing or for the day. It might give me an immediate gratification, but somewhere, somehow I need to look within. I need to apply certain tools that maybe I have, have learned and started implementing in my life to help me change that attitude. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it's just a quick um, acknowledgement and recognition that, oh, you know, I I don't want to feel that way today. What can I do differently? And maybe it's going for a walk. But other days, it's it's a fight. It's it's almost like I, you know, I have to have this game plan in place so that I can have that attitude that I want to have. So what I hear you saying is that really when it comes to attitude, it's, it's not necessary to change our circumstances to be happy necessarily, uh, but we do need to change our attitudes. And that can sometimes be the hardest part as we're really trying to, uh, to change the way that we've thought for maybe years and years or the, the, the perceptions that we have. Perceptions are important. You know, one of the, one of the uh, seven habits You've you've read the uh, the book before. It's it's been around forever. Uh, I know I know Annette. You've you've read that book and 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 one of one of the seven habits. And and I can see you smiling because I know that uh, you've you've got some thoughts about that as well. There. Well, it's but, by Stephen Covey. Right, and 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 I and I love the the fifth habit. It's seek first to understand before being understood. And and I think that that's something that has really 
been difficult a lot of time as well during this time, as, as well as any type of a, t- a tough time in our lives where we think about ourselves. And sometimes it's difficult to get out of that mindset and that attitude of not only just thinking about ourselves, but others. And it's amazing what can happen when we seek to understand. So I want to share a little little uh, story uh, with our friends here. And the reason I was smiling is because this, this um, experience was shared um, in our church meeting today. And it reminded me of this, this power of having this paradigm shift. And this was an experience that um, Stephen Covey actually had, and it was on a Sunday morning on a subway in New York. And he shares how people were sitting quietly and some were reading newspapers, some lost in thought, some resting with their eyes closed. He said it was calm. It was a peaceful scene. Then suddenly a man and his children entered the subway car. The children were so loud and rambunctious that instantly the whole climate changed. The man sat down next to uh, Mr. Covey and closed his eyes, apparently oblivious to the situation. The children were yelling back and forth, throwing things, even grabbing people's papers. It was very disturbing, and yet the man sitting next to, to him did nothing. It was difficult not to feel irritated. Mr. Covey went on to say how he could not believe that he could be so insensitive, speaking of this man, to let his children run wild that, like that and do nothing about it, taking no responsibility at all. It was easy to see that everyone else on the subway felt irritated. So finally, with what he felt was an unusual patience and restraint, he turned to the man and said, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. The man lifted his gaze as if it, as if to come to a consciousness of the situation for the first time and said softly, Oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think. And I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Okay, so, I, so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm about an inch tall if I'm that person who, uh, who uh, said what he said uh, to the man that had just lost his wife and the children that had just lost their mother there. How many times in our life, though, have we been in that same kind of a situation? Maybe not to that extreme, but we judge before we really try to understand what's going on around us. It's happened to all of us. And we do feel that that sense of, oh no, what did I say? I was totally inappropriate. What I thought was going on wasn't even close to the reality of what was going on. And we do feel like an itch tall, like you said. And so, but yet, how often do we all do that? Oh, we, we do it all the time. And the reason why we do it is because we see ourselves as the most important person. There's nobody else more important than we are. And so our opinion and our thoughts must be true. And it's not the case. I hate to say it, but I am not the most important person. How many times have you, have you, and you and I do this occasionally, we, we try to be very positive, 
but sometimes it's not as positive. Maybe at work or something, something went wrong. And uh, my, my first inclination is, I can't believe so-and-so did this. If they'd have just known that, uh, then maybe things would have been different. Yet, we often don't allow that other person the opportunity to really understand. I'm not saying we need to open up ourselves and uh, have our, our uh, lives as an open book. But at the same time, it's important that we observe. You know, we've talked a little bit about Helen Keller. Do you remember that quote that she that uh, she had there? She said, "It's as important as sight is. It's more important to be able to truly see what's going on around you, and more important to uh, than, than sight itself is to have an understanding of what's happening." She says, "I'll take understanding over sight any day." It's a lonely world to not understand, truly understand, to have those eyes to see what's going on around you, to have the eyes to see the joy of others, the pain of others, the insecurities of others. That's what puts it in color. You know, our, our grandkids saw for the first time a show in black and white <laughs> this week, and they were so confused because where's the color? It's only black and white and gray is how they, they described it. They were watching an old uh, episode of The Adams Family <laughs> there. And uh, they, they couldn't understand how, why life was black and white. And now that it's, now, now it's color. So let's take that to our lives. And really, if we, if we are blind to understanding and blind to all these situations around us, are we living in black and white? Well, and, and that, that whole concept, black and white, has so many different meanings to it as well. We look at things sometimes as black and white. Mm. We look at things as uh, one way or the other, and it can't be both. And that's one of the things that's really getting us in trouble in our country today, is that there is no compromise. There is nothing that would say that, that uh, maybe, maybe we can be wrong, Maybe someone else can be right. Maybe we can both be a little bit right and both be a little bit wrong. But that's not our attitudes. We, we try to be right in everything that we do. And often, and I mean, think about it. You've got half of the country that believes one way right now politically and half of the country that believes something else. Who, who's right and who's wrong? Well, well, it's a, it's a rhetorical it's a question rhetorical is what question. it is. But what upsets me, everyone is wrong who won't take the time to simply try to understand. But it gets back to the attitude issue again. It, it does get back you to know, the attitude the... issue. So let's just jump back here to the rest of the story. Here, Stephen Covey's on the subway. He just talked to this man who he thought was being a poor parent, wasn't taking care of his children. And at that moment, he had this paradigm shift when he heard this man say we just i just lost my wife they just lost their mother stephen covey says suddenly i saw things differently i felt differently i behaved differently my irritation vanished i didn't have to worry about controlling my attitude or my behavior my heart was filled with the man's pain feelings of sympathy and compassion flowed freely your wife just died Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? Everything changed in an instant. 
That's what happens in our life when we begin to truly see. Things can change in an instant. Right, right. And as, as things do change, change in an instant, I, I think we just have to be so careful on that because we see things all around us and we, we form those judgments so quickly. And as we form those, those judgments, we, we don't allow for compromise. You know, as you're, as you're talking about Stephen Covey and the, and the seven habits, there, you know, he has some of the, out of those seven habits, there are some other things that I, I really like that uh, he's said, uh, outside of that habit number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. But he also talks about the importance of think win-win, where, where you can have two people that win. And I think that sometimes we approach this idea of attitude that only one person can win. And, and, and that's not the case. And as we, as we follow through with uh, our abilities and our desires to be the change that we talk about, we, we have to be able to recognize that there are times when it's okay that we're wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. but, it, but what happens at that point, just like Charles Swindoll said, it's 90% is our attitude and 10% is, is, what we, uh, is, is, is the problem itself. Yet, too often, 90% is the problem and 10% is the attitude. It is. And so, so many things we can learn from this. I keep thinking of another thought. Um, Several years ago, a woman that that I admire, um, she shared something to the effect of first observe, then serve. And I thought that's interesting, too, because as we observe... As we listen to others, you know, the judgment stops, and then we can have this, hopefully have this mind shift that changes our perspective a bit so that we can then find common ground. Now, where do we start? Where to begin? I think sometimes it starts within ourselves always, actually, not just sometimes. It always starts with me. How can I change my mindset, my attitude, that I begin to not judge quickly, that I observe, I sit back, I take a breath, I try to see? What are some things that you would suggest that we could do in our individual lives that could help us Change that attitude of of that quick to judge, the I'm right, always trying to prove my point of view first as opposed to understanding. Was that the fifth step? Uh, yeah, fifth. the fifth uh, habit was seek to understand before being understood. So how do we do that? Yeah, I, I, think, it, I think it's an interesting question. Because it's very easy to say, I'm going to be a better person, or I'm going to listen more. But how do we actually get into that habit itself of listening more? How do we get into that habit of being something that maybe we haven't done up to this point? And, and it's, 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 a difficult, it's a difficult task. I'll just put it that way. But some of the things that we can do, I believe, is to create expectations and create goals. 
One of the things, do you remember Dwayne Gines? Uh, he was one mm-hmm. of our he was one of our guests a month or so ago there, and uh, he was talking to me after our our visit, and he said that uh, it's important for him to have specific goals. And one of the goals that he established was to make five people smile every day. Now think about that. It, it, that shouldn't be something that you have to consider that to be a goal. But, mm-hmm. but it was one of his goals. It was something that he knew that if he did that, it, was, it wasn't going to stop on the sixth person. That uh, there were probably some days that uh, he made hundreds of people smile. There were probably days that he was having a, da- a bad day and it was very difficult for him to even smile. But when you start to recognize what is important for other people, and that is to, for you to be able to understand who they are, understand them before trying to be understood. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone that just wanted to one-up you every single time? Or they, their, their story, they, it was the never-ending story. They just talked and talked and talked without really looking at you and trying to determine whether or not that was something that uh, was, was really phasing you or, or something that uh, might have been, maybe, maybe you were struggling with that idea. Well, we it's, a, it's something I believe, first off, that we've all experienced. And another thing, it's that lack of connection. You know, if I'm always wanting to talk about me or my accomplishments or my children's or grandchildren's accomplishments, you know, it, it's kind of taxing on whoever I'm always sharing that with. But if I truly am engaged... I want to know about them. You, you asked a question a minute ago about what are some of the things that we can do, perhaps, that will change that mindset. And uh, that mindset, for me, and, and I, I don't think that I have the answers to all of the questions there, but for me personally, I'll tell you what's, ha- what's worked for me. There are certain quotes, there are certain thoughts that I have every morning as I exercise. As I walk up the mountainside on the trail, I have certain thoughts that are, are like the seven habits, uh, self-actualizing type ideas that I want to incorporate in my life. And I remind myself of those every single morning. And uh, maybe one of these podcasts, I'll actually share that, uh, that idea uh, and explore it a little bit uh, greater. But one of the thoughts that I have every morning as I'm walking is that I will be a force for good. And being a force for good has so many different, different uh, eyes to it. You can, you can look at uh, being a force for good within your own home, within your own community, within your work. You can be a force for good just by simply making a telephone call to someone that you feel might be in need that day. So many ways to be a force for good. Now, there's a few other thoughts that I've, I've been having as we've been visiting and as I asked that question. Sometimes we feel like, oh, someone's talking and telling me the story or they're telling this experience, and I've got I've to have a response. I've got to come up with a good response. So while they're talking, I'm formulating my response. And you have no idea what they're saying. And I have no idea what they're saying. It's okay to be silent for a minute. To just listen and be still. It goes back to that fifth habit again. Seek first to understand before being understood. Be genuine. Look someone in the eye. 
let them know that you truly care. And that's, you know, it's, it's honestly, it is a simple principle, but yet it is so difficult as well. We talked about the importance of connection. And as, as we consider our role in connection with others, let's, let's be very careful because I think that we have, at least I do, I was thinking today, I was looking up on the mountain, and today we had the first snow up on the mountain. And I thought, wow, as I look at the mountain, and then as I looked at our flower garden, recognizing that our flowers haven't froze yet, realizing that there's going to be a new season that uh, happens in nature but I also recognize that there's probably going to be a new season that happens with me physically, emotionally, spiritually. Not, not that anything is going to change dramatically, but we're going into a time that is typically a struggle for a lot of people. The winter time, there's less light. There's, it, it puts us in our homes more, and it puts us in a more of a, of a hermit stage in, in many respects, especially now with, with COVID. We're just not getting out as much. And as it gets cold and as it gets more difficult to travel, we tend to stay home, turn on the TV, and maybe not think. But maybe what we do as we are thinking about seasons, and especially the season that will come up in our lives soon, we, we recognize what we saw, the, the, the warmth of the sun during the summertime. We saw in the springtime, we saw great growth with the grass and uh, boy, one of the one of the, one of my favorite things is smelling grass after it's been cut. Do you remember what I did in February? I went out and cut the grass, and the next day it snowed over a foot. We had a blizzard, <laughs> but I, but I needed to do that because I I love the smell of uh, fresh cut grass, and and I, and I love the flowers. But as I've been as I've been hiking each morning and as I've been reflecting on on nature and on on seasons. I came to that realization the other day that that uh, it's going to be a difficult time ahead of us because we're nowhere close to being out of our our, our uh, COVID nineteen uh, what whatever it is there you know well, it's, you know one of the things that I keep thinking here is I have well friends I have a sticky note here on my desk and it says therefore what. And I'm looking and I'm thinking about this conversation. I'm thinking about the seasons that you're talking about and the seasons in our lives and thinking, well, I, a season could last a day. It could last a week. It could last a year. It could go along with the seasons of nature. But as we focus and we work towards understanding and we, and we ask ourselves, okay, therefore what? What does this mean to me? How can I take these principles and apply them in my life and find joy and find joy in, in reaching out and in connecting and in understanding and making a difference in my world? It's possible. Yeah, we, we can do it uh, as long as we have hope. As long as we have direction, uh, maybe the energy to move and the vision to see, those are all important things. We we have a we have a hundred alternatives around us, and so many different paths, uh, and so many different dreams. And sometimes we wonder if we're getting any closer. And that's when sometimes when you talk about seasons, 
especially difficult seasons, we, we think of the winters of our lives there. And that's when discouragement and sadness really set in. Annette and I have been talking about this week as it's been uh, mental Mental uh, awareness. awareness, mental we, health awareness week. And, and uh, we, we, we've talked about times that this discouragement and the sadness can really set in, and we've got to be so careful. When I, when I think of trials, when I think of discouragement, I, I think— I think of uh, the the Old Testament biblical story of Daniel and the Dian- Daniel in the lion's den. Remember that story mm-hmm. there, and you know the, the the one takeaway I have from that story. I'm sure there's many, but the one takeaway that I have is that God saved Daniel in the lion's den, but He didn't save him from the lion's den. And before Daniel was saved, he continued to have hope and, and faith in God's plan and purpose. And I think that. That experience to him, and I can only assume because I've been through not that kind of experience. No one's ever set me in a lion's den and told me to fend for myself. But I think of the experiences that I have had that have brought discouragement or sadness or or uh, the trials that have made my life difficult, only to realize that greater strength and faith come from those trials and those experiences. And we need to recognize that opposition and, and trial is going to be part of everyone's everyone's life. Oh, we, for sure. We we understand opposition is essential to happiness. And again, that opposition—I almost hate to say this—but the opposition brings the beauties of the color, not maybe in it, but I certainly believe as we look back, we can see the beauty, the depth of the color. We can see the depth of the flowers, of the trees, of the mountain that we just climbed. It's an inside decision. It is an inside decision. So grateful that we have opportunities to make that decision within us to change, to have a shift. And it's our choice. Is it easy? No. Are we going to be successful one day and maybe not so successful the next? You bet. A lot of it's just our faith, isn't it? It is when our it comes, faith. When it comes right down to it. And because, you know, happiness doesn't always come from doing what we like to do, but it comes from liking what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, Happiness, you know, I, I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said that uh, we're, we're all as happy as we make up our minds to be. So as we finish our conversation today, Annette, about, about seasons and about uh, just life in general, as we're trying to put together some semblance of what we can do in order to have a happy winter season, because we know that winter is right around the corner, don't we? We do. There, there are certain things that we need to focus on, and as I yeah, I know I've mentioned this a couple of times already, but I, I just can't, I, I just can't stop without saying it one more time. And that is, as Charles Swindoll said, that that ten percent of life is what happens to us, and ninety percent is to how we react to it. It's not necessary to change our circumstances to be happy, but we do need to change our attitudes. And so every time we find ourselves giving happiness to others, we need to reflect on the fact that it does magnify our own happiness so many times over. And that's one of the things I believe that give us that ability to have the faith necessary that spring is going to come. So I, I have a quote, and I, and I wish I remember the author's name here. 
but, but, but I love this little quote because it helps me to remember that spring will come again. And it goes like this. We have to believe in happiness or happiness never comes. We look beyond the clouds and see the shining sun. We have to believe the buds will grow, believe in the grass below the snow. That's the reason a bird can sing on the darkest day. He believes in spring. You know, I really, really appreciate that that poem. I appreciate the whole discussion here. And the thought I keep having is, you are worthy of happiness. Sometimes we feel like we don't, we don't deserve it. That um, we might be, you know, exempt. Well, guess what? You do deserve it. Each of us can have that springtime in our in our lives. Believe in yourself. Believe that it is possible that um, you will be able to get through the winters of your life and that you will have a springtime again. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversation. Each of us have a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing you will ever do. The stories and experiences that are shared will inspire us as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media as well as to share the site with those you know. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Thank you.